Blog Talk Radio. Well, good evening and welcome to another edition of Fighting Words and Fighting Words News Network. Fighting Words is brought to you each and every night of the week. In grateful appreciation to the men and women of the United States Armed Forces, the men and women of police and fire services, and those wonderful people in the first line of COVID. 
uh, first responders, the doctors, the nurses, and especially those who clean up afterwards. Uh, we also like to thank uh, the people who are striving very hard to keep the shelves uh, stocked in the supermarket. You do a great job. We thank you. We love you. Uh, just uh, before we start, uh, i turn it over to Tony for an announcement. Uh, we have a PSA uh, on our last show. Uh, we had the largest number worldwide that we've had ever, and we had the largest number of downloads, 690 downloads, um, which was uh, fantastic. So I wanted to say to each and every one of you folks out there, thank you very much for being there for us every single week. Uh, to the on-air host, thank you very much for doing such a great job that um, everybody was able to uh, uh, do it, understand what we were saying. Um, tonight's program is brought to you uh, by Biosolar. Uh, Biosolar is, if you're having a problem with your fact that the, your rates on FB&L, TECO, or any electric companies are going to go up by 25%, there's a way to beat it, and that's by putting the solar panel ceilings up on your roof at free of charge. Um, the uh, company will call make the appointment with you, uh, come out, show you everything they have. And if you buy it, they will then turn around and uh, give you $200 to be an owner. Tony, you want, you want to expand on that? Yeah, sorry, I got cut off there. Uh, Biosolar, basically no money down. And what it does, it takes your power bill and cuts it in half where you no longer have to be relied or rely on the power company any longer. Um, you can lease it or you could buy it. If you buy it, there's a $10,000 tax credit you get back. You put the 10 grand in your pocket or you could put it towards the system. You put it towards the system, uh, it's a cheaper monthly payment that's locked in and grandfathered in for 25 years. Uh, right now, the legislation, they're trying to change it. So the quicker you get in and get it, the better. Uh, BioSolar, you call Patrick, 602 499 9804 that's 60 it's a no-brainer you get $200 cash back if you mention fight words radio network and check it out at biosolar.com b-y-o-s-o-l-a-r.com I did it my neighbors have done it and I definitely wouldn't preach anything I wouldn't do myself Um, you'll see for yourself when you talk to Patrick but that's Good to hear you guys, and it's been a while. Hopefully, everybody had a good holiday. Yep, we did. So let's uh, let's get right to it. Uh, Bob, Valentina uh, Shevchenko. Uh, what did you think of his fight? What do you think he's going to do for UFC uh, 222? I'm sorry. Bob? I'm sorry. I'm having a hard time hearing you, Frank. Okay, hold on. I was asking what you think about uh, Valentine Shevchenko. I think she's amazing. I think she's amazing. Uh, As of 2022, I think she's uh, now the top-ranked female. I think she is uh, an amazing fighter out of Russia, a very decorated kickboxer before the UFC uh, in K1, and um, uh, 
tons of, I think, 52 wins or something like that uh, as a kickboxer and then went into, got into the UFC, I think, on a, on a, a last-minute fill-in. Um, did great, won her first one, lost her second one to Amanda Nunes, got into the rankings, and again, is now one of the most decorated females out there. Um, Yep, right now she's listed as, as top woman pound for pound. She's uh, amazing with with every with all the crazy stuff that happened at the end of last year with uh, Pena and uh, Juliana Pena and uh, Amanda Nunez. Um, yeah, it was pretty it was pretty amazing. So good, good job, Valentina. Caden, Caden, what's your thoughts? Um, Valentina says, "Thank I think um, she's an interesting fighter to me because I still do think that." Amanda Nunez could still be pound for pound. I, I think she still is top two. I think Valentina has taken the crown. Uh, but I think pound for pound, best female fighter uh, right now. And uh, and she's I mean, she's she's gone through a tear through I mean, most of the fighters that she's fought. She's she's made, she's out fought them in every every category that she's that she's done. Whenever she takes to the crown. You know she's still she's still prominent on on the ground as as stand up, um, mm-hmm. and I, again I just I'm I'm really yeah she's a very interesting fighter to me because again you know I, I have a lot of mixed feelings about who's the pound to pound best because people say Valentina other people say Amanda you know but again she's probably the best right now for female fighters mm-hmm. you, you know I'm gonna uh, give you my intake on this too Cyborg was always my favorite female fighter. Always has been, always will be. And right next to her is Jermaine Duran to me. I just, I, I just love, love their striking. But with that being said, even before the Amanda Nunes upset, uh, when you guys were debating on the show, I didn't say anything because Zito was speaking for me. But I felt even before that, that Valentina Shevchenko was pound for pound the best female fighter in the world. And the reason being is because she uni- was universally rated number two based on her two losses to Amanda Nunes. Now, those were both very two close losses. A lot of people, you could go online and check it out, a lot of people thought Shevchenko won the second fight. Um, with that being said, Amanda Nunes has a considerable size advantage over Valentina Shevchenko. So when I think that's pound for pound, I think if they're the same size, who wins? And I think if they're the same size, I always thought Shevchenko would win that because I thought Amanda beat her by virtue of being a little bit bigger than her. So um, regardless of the upset, um, I, I don't think it discredits Amanda in any way, shape, or form. With that being said, I expect Amanda to come in and take care of Valentina Pena the way she should have the first time. She just can't get emotional and, and gas her tank. Uh, Pena is a tough matchup for her just by virtue of her toughness, her grit, and her determination. She's going to drag Amanda into a fight. But that's a fight Amanda wins nine out of ten times. And we saw that one time. She lost it, I believe. Okay. And then, but anyway, you know, and 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 so awesome having you jump in there. I love having you on the show. But if you look at the at the women's pound for pound top rank, fifteen. Okay, we're talking about fifteen girls between the weight of like 115 pounds and 145. Those fifteen girls will whoop an ass on most men. Okay, so that, oh, yeah. that, that's all there is to that. You know, <laughs> that's true. There ain't much. I mean, th- those are tough girls. So. 
Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Now, here's one I've been, been waiting all week for, Ty. Alexander Yusick uh, versus... Oh, I uh, love Coach him. Anthony That's my Jones. guy. Yeah. Well, well he, you know, he beat him once. So, so I mm-hmm. think he could beat him again. And I actually mm-hmm. think, you know, he went in as, as, uh, as, you know, not a huge underdog, but as a significant enough underdog. I honestly think there's a chance that uh, Usyk may go in as a favorite. He's probably a slight favorite right now. A lot of people think mm-hmm. if Anthony Joshua imposes his physicality on Usyk and fights a different type of fight, a more aggressive fight, something that's really not to his nature, necessarily, but a lot of people think with his physical advantages, he should be able to bully Usyk and win. Um, I have my doubts. I don't know if Zito's on the show, uh, but but Zito definitely has his doubts about Anthony Joshua trying to oppose his physicality against Usyk. Uh, still a good fight. Um, still anybody's fight. Um, right now, I lean slightly towards Usyk. Um, with that said, even though Usyk eventually put on a clinic, it was still a pretty close and competitive fight. So, you know, mm-hmm. on that level, with a, a few tactical changes, you can get over the hump. So maybe Joshua can do that. Very interesting fight again. But Usyk, that's my guy. That's my guy. Yeah. The, way, the way I look at any Anthony Joshua fight is, is like I see him following. He's a big guy, you know. He follows his he follows his jab a lot, and I think also when it comes to boxing and just fighting in general, um, that mentality is so different. I mean, you see it with um, with uh, Nate Diaz and, and Nick Diaz. They just don't care. They'll 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 take fifty punches and, and still come at you. I think that's the same with Alexander Usyk. He'll he'll take like a hundred punches in a row, and he's unfazed. He'll just keep on going after you, and that's kind of why I love him. He just he's crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and you're right. He, he, uh, it looks like the first time he gets hit, the light goes on in his head, hey, i got to work. And he just goes to work and just uh, takes his opponents apart. So uh, that's why I was waiting to hear well, from you, know what? you guys on that. I think Kane said a lot when he talked about, you know, a mentality, because that's really what it comes down to. The reason why Joshua doesn't necessarily impose his strength, you know, like Caden said, he's a big, strong guy. The reason why he doesn't necessarily impose his strength is because that's not his mentality. Zito's talked about Joseph Parker all the time being punch-averse. Guys who can can take a shot physically, like Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar could take a shot like a monster, but he got flustered when he got hit, and he lost the plot. And Usyk who doesn't take a lot of shots because he's, you know, he's so good defensively. He's a guy who gets hit and doesn't lose his plan, doesn't lose his form. Anthony Joshua gets hit and he starts to reassess things. He starts to think and overthink sometimes. So what Caden said about mentality is a very huge factor in how somebody fights and how they employ their physical advantages. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right, but now, uh, here's one for you, Bob. Uh, Alexander Gronkowski uh, um, has a fight coming up uh, tonight. Yeah. With uh, Casey. Casey. Yeah, he's going, uh, he's going, yeah, he's he's going against uh, Calvin Guitar. Mm-hmm. So that's just, uh, and, and he's going to, uh, like, 
ranked eight. He's going against Qatar. He's talking. Uh, he's talking a big game. Uh, he's on his way to the top. He's saying he's got uh, a shot at Volkanovski, uh, who's the current champ. Uh, so, you know, he's doing a little bit of that uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook, that chatter. Uh, so we expect a good fight tonight. Calvin Guitar is no pushover, though, by any means. So, um, But I think he's down one in the rankings. So uh, Chikatee's got a shot. We'll see how it goes. Um, but, again, uh, that, that division, they're, they're still talking about a uh, Max Holloway, Volkanowski 3 um, before – so. Well, you know, it was supposed to be Max Holiday, uh, Volkanovski three, but Holloway pulled out with an injury, and so Chica, uh, Giga, it's just easier to call him Giga than that last name. Uh, so Giga, who has a fight tonight, was campaigning for the shot, and Giga's oh, okay. ranked like, yeah, Giga's ranked like ninth or tenth, and um, and so you know Holloway or uh, Volkanovski responded. You know what? You're you're just now fighting the fifth ranked guy. I'll see you soon. And so Giga's all ticked off. He's like, How how dare you discount me? If I go ahead and win against Qatar in spectacular fashion, I should get the shot. What ended up happening is uh the Korean zombie is actually stepping in to uh face Volkanovsky in place of Holloway. Ooh, and by virtue nice. the Korean zombie was the next highest guy in the ranking. So it, it makes sense in all sorts of ways. But now Giga's saying you chose Korean Zombie because he's the easiest style matchup for you. You got to, you know, it's, a, you know that, it's the Twitter stuff yeah. goes. Um, you gotta but, get so that's what's in. happening. Yep. So the Korean Zombie has actually stepped in to replace Holloway in that uh, in that fight against Okanowski. That'll be hey, good. Ty, what do you think about tonight's fight with uh, Joseph Smith Jr. and uh, Kepper? You know, I, I tell you what, um, I was really looking forward to the initial lineup for tonight with Joseph Smith Jr. against Callum Smith. Callum Smith is the banger out of British who still to this point only has one loss, and he got stopped by uh, Better BF, who's considered the boogeyman at light uh, heavyweight. But he got stopped by Better BF after dropping and rocking Better BF. It was a firefight. So he was a guy who I knew, first of all, was going to bring it to Joe Smith, had a chance to put Joe Smith down. It was going to be a firefight, however it went, although I would have leaned towards Joe Smith. With Gerard, he's kind of an unknown commodity. He, he uh, you know, looking at him, he's done some things on the amateur level. He's won a couple national championships, the PAL national championship. Uh, he's done some things on the amateur level that speak of a certain quality and class. Um, he's 18 and two. He lost his first two pro fights. Lost his first two pro fights. Has won 18 since, and he's faced some guys with some names. You know what I mean? He's, he's beaten a Dennis Shavikov, who at one time, at one time, was a top 10 contender. Um, but we really don't know what we're getting with him. You know, he's a little longer. Uh, he, he doesn't appear to be a big banger. He appears to work behind a solid jab, and, uh, you know, he's a southpaw. So uh, it could be interesting. You just kind of don't know what you're getting, but you got to lean towards Joe Smith because of his level of experience. Remember, he's been in a, in a ring with Bivol. He's been in a ring with Bernard Hopkins. So um, he's seen better and fought better. Um, and, again, Gerard is really an unknown commodity, so we'll see. i got to lean towards Joe Smith at this point, though. Okay. Hey, Bob, what do you think about uh, tonight? We have a uh, Brandon Moreau uh, in, in the ring with Figueroa. 
What's your thoughts on that one? Uh, that's next week, I think. That's UFC yeah, 270. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, oh, what do I, but what do I think about that? Um, I love the Brandon Moreno story, you know, coming up, uh, first Mexican champion, uh, love all that. But then there's behind the scenes stuff between, uh, Figueroa and, uh, uh, an old rival of his, I can't remember off the top of my head, but that will be a very uh, exciting. I mean, that that that, that to me will it, it will probably have two to three times the amount of strikes as the heavyweight main event. You know, it, it'll be it, it'll be so such an exciting fight. Um, Figueroa is no joke. And it's a trilogy fight. Throw. That's what makes it so interesting. Yeah, it'll be right the trilogy, trilogy yeah. fight. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, Figueroa wants the striker shot. Moreno got the last one over. I think it was a rear naked choke. Um, yep, and then fair. the first one, I think, was by uh, uh, decision. The first one was a draw. Um, but Bert- yeah. Oh, draw. Yeah, unanimous draw. Yeah, that was it. And it was such an amazing fight. It was just so exciting. Yeah. And so, the again, like, I'm, I'm excited just to watch these guys go at it. Mm-hmm. You know, the funny thing is with the first fight, right, it was a draw. Um, and it was a draw part and partial because Figueroa had a point deduction, I believe. Um, but the sense from that fight was, man, Brandon Moreno fought his ass off just to survive to get a draw. So the sense going into the second fight was Figueroa is probably going to win a second fight. Um, you know, at that weight, one of the things that made him excited pretty big punch. And what made the fight so exciting the first time is that he rocked Moreno seven t- several times, but Re- Moreno came back and just constantly imposed his will. Just kept going. So the, yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. But he was getting hit with some tremendous shots. So the thought process was, well, going into the second fight, we don't know if, you know, Moreno's going to survive. And I remember the, the, the pundit's pick was uh, Figueroa going in. And when he came out for the second fight, the first thing you see is Moreno's striking looked significantly sharper. And he, he hurt Figueroa. Figueroa is the puncher. He hurt Figueroa on the feet or hit the down and can choke him out. So it was really an impressive performance by Moreno. And I don't, based on that second fight, I don't know if Figueroa has anything for him anymore. So it's going to be interesting. Moreno's a little younger, and he's a guy who obviously, when we've seen this, Right, because wasn't he on like the Contender Latin America series? Like this is a kid who be constantly improved, and so I just don't know, man. And I like Figueroa, but I don't. I, I like Moreno in this fight again. Mm-hmm. I, I, I yeah, it'll him. be it'll be exciting uh, either way, you know. And Figueroa, I mean, he's got to knock oh, him out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he he oh, wants God, to, yeah. you know what I mean? Because uh, after after both times, I mean, it's like, and you're right, you're absolutely right. Uh, Moreno's striking. Uh, from fight one to fight two, looked incredibly better. Oh, uh, yeah. But still, um, um, Figueroa just comes in and he's a beast. He is a beast. Yeah. yeah. Ty, what do you think of uh, Danny Jacobs and uh, uh, the writer fight on uh, 212? It's going to tell us what Danny Jacobs has left. Danny Jacobs yeah. uh, did not look good in, in his last fight against Gabriel Rosado. In fact, a lot of people thought he lost that fight. I thought there was a case for Gabriel Rosado to get the decision. He did not look good. Um, he looked listless. 
And John Ryder is the kind of opponent that Danny Jacobs, you know, typically John Ryder is the kind of guy who, who Danny Jacobs beats by unanimous decision. John Ryder's claim to fame is he fought Callum Smith. He was, you know, maybe the fight before Canelo went up and took Callum Smith's title. Fought uh, Callum, and um, and a lot of people thought he won that fight. Most people thought he got robbed. So that's kind of the height of his career, his level. Um, you know, catching a guy on a bad night and not getting a decision. Kind of like 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 Joe Tiberi, like uh, Tiberi a little bit. You know how Tiberi caught Tony on a bad night, didn't get the decision. But that was kind of the height of his career, and that's kind of what John Ryder is. And Danny Jacobs is the guy who should be the John Ryder. But, again, based off his uh, Gabriel Rosado performance, I don't know. So this is going to uh, let us know if Danny Jacobs has enough left in the tank to make uh, one more run, and, and obviously at super middleweight, which is what they're fighting at, 168. So it'll be interesting. Right. Um, yeah, I had a chance to speak to uh, Keith Thurman again uh, uh, earlier this week. Uh, he thinks in his own mind that uh, they have worked out wow. a deal – with uh, uh, Crawford for the uh, for the beginning of next uh, no I'm sorry the end of the year um, yeah that on the heels of the fact that Crawford is suing uh, top run because they're not moving fast enough um, I, I, I like everybody's uh, opinion on that Guy, you want to start that Crawford Crawford would kill him well with, with Crawford suing top rank. With Crawford suing, you know, top rank, the whole litigation thing, um, obviously there's a lot to that. I did read um, a lot of the excerpts. But, you know, when it comes to legal proceedings, I typically don't like to comment on it until, you know, it, it's in court and been rendered. A decision has been rendered because there's yeah. a side to every story. And with that being said, the one big thing, though, that the, the one big news that came out of this, which is non-news because it wasn't mentioned, but it's something that we know. Terrence Crawford's contract with top ranks already ended, so he is a promotional free agent, which means that the litigation in no way, shape, or form affects his ability to get in the ring. With that being right. said, and him being a promotional free agent, it is very likely that he could have worked out a deal with Keith for the end of the year. I did read uh, a press clipping with Keith talking about uh, potentially fighting Crawford later this year. Keith said he would like to fight mm-hmm. three times this year, starting with Barrios to get this ring rust off. Yeah. Um, and, and to see how his body responds. Uh, but he said, mm-hmm. you know, he wants to progressively step up and he would eventually like to fight Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford. So, mm-hmm. uh, with Spence having Rodonis Fugus on the table for a unification fight. Crawford could be, you know, the, the most likely scenario, you know, for Keith Thurman. Mm-hmm. I think at this point in his career, it comes down to economics too, right? And mm-hmm. economics and timing. And, again, mm-hmm. not knowing what's going to happen with Fugus and Spence. Like, if Fugus beats mm-hmm. Spence, then obviously, you know, Keith could fight Ugas for, for those belts. But I think Keith is also thinking, you know what, if I fight Terrence Crawford and if I were to beat Terrence Crawford, now I have that belt and, and I can make unification fight. So, you know, Keith is a strategic, smart guy. So um, mm-hmm. obviously 
the moment Terrence Crawford, it, you know, just think about how everything was timed, right? You know, uh, right. Errol Spence announces he's coming back to fight Adonis Ugas for for the you know the unified titles. Terrence Crawford, uh, his contract clears with top rank, and now he's a promotional free agent. All of a sudden, Keith says, now it's time for me to come back because mm-hmm. these fights have opened up for him. So he's dollar mm-hmm. signs ain't glory. So uh, so I, I don't doubt for a fact that Keith may have something behind the scenes, um, you know, cooking with, with Terrence Crawford if uh, Keith gets by his fight and, and, you know, potentially if Terrence Crawford gets by his next fight. So absolutely I could see that. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because it's almost word for word uh, what he told me at, uh, at the gym. Um, he, uh, he is, he's a plotter. And, you know, for a guy with a seventh grade education, he has a PhD Seriously? in street smarts. Mm-hmm. Wow. He dropped out of school in seventh that. grade. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's well a difference between being educated well. and being intelligent. Those are two different things that are not synonymous. Being educated right. and being intelligent are two different things. Right. So. Right. He was lucky enough there was a chiropractor here in town uh, who mm. worked with all the boxers. And uh, actually, uh, Keith was, uh, I want to say, I don't want to say abandoned or orphan, but. Uh, he was, uh, let's say, he was asked to leave the house early, and this guy took him under his wing and uh, taught him everything. He homeschooled him. He did whatever he had to do. And, uh, he made sure that he got with uh, the right trainer, which was Dan. And uh, between the two of them, they they raised him. Um, so it's uh, it's uh, always great to when you only get a chance to talk to somebody, but when you realize where they came from. And how they they've come along and, and the things that they've done in their lives, it's just amazing um, to stand there and hold a conversation with him. He can hold a conversation. I don't care who it is. He can hold a conversation. Well, I mean, he's, with a, he's, he's a very – he's like a very zen dude, you know what I mean? And he's a mm-hmm. thinker. That's just what he is. He's a thinker. And so the, the moment you say Terrence Crawford and Keith, you know, potentially talking about doing something at the end of the year, it's like, oh, Absolutely. Like, again, he he came back specifically. It, the timing of his comeback was, was orchestrated. It wasn't just like, oh, mm-hmm. I think now my body feels good, I'll fight. It was like, oh, now these fights are open for me, opportunities. These guys need me on their resume because Sean Porter's retired. I'm like the only guy left with that kind of name recognition and resume. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he's a scout, and he knows that. He knows he's a marketable commodity as uh, to be in the ring with these guys. He's smart to know that. And he's going to maximize. Uh, uh, Carla uh, Esparza, I think I tell you, Esparza, has a big fight coming up uh, with Bruce. Yeah. Can you enlighten us on that one? Yeah. Esparza coming up? I think she's going against uh, Mackenzie Zern. Nah, she's uh, about to fight Canada. Rose for the title. Rose Dabayudas for the title. Oh, yeah. shoot. Yeah, I did not hear that was coming up. When's that coming up? Oh, I uh, don't know if, if... Oh, has he signed it? I know he he had just... I, I didn't know he had booked it yet, but I, yeah, it's, it's the next fight for each of them. Yeah. 
Carla, you know, as, as, as far as it was a clear number one contender at this point, and she holds a victory over Rose Nama Yunez. So there it is. Right. You know, it was victory years ago, but nonetheless, it, I'm sure Rose wants to avenge it. And, uh, mm-hmm. and Rose, it's been a while since Rose has fought a wrestler. She's been fighting strikers. So, um, yeah, you know, a, a lot of people don't think much of Carlos, Carla Espaza just because she's typically not exciting. She's not a finisher. She's a grinder. But she's so was Julia Penna, right? Yeah. So yeah. was Julia Penna, right? Julia Penna was a grinder. Now, so, um, but yeah, that's the next fight. That's who uh, Nami Yunus is in her title against, uh, Bob. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, so she's jumping up eight for a shot at uh, the title. Good stuff. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Oh, four rows. Okay. Kate, you got anything on that? One? Yeah, because I know that Mackenzie Dern and uh, uh, she's got a fight coming up um, with a girl that she's trying to get into with the top 15 and um, she's kind of on fire I and mean, her name's slipping my head right now, but, um, but I yeah, so that can't, too, Bob. yeah, I can't, you know, you know what I'm talking about? I think I saw it somewhere today. Yeah. Um, but I literally just read that that fight was booked. And I, all I see is booked with Mackenzie Durr versus, and that whole, that second name is a blur. <laughs> I don't even remember. <laughs> But it's somebody uh, on a come up, though. It's somebody on a come up. Oh, forget. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. I'm kind of flipping through my notes and I can't see it. So, what do you, what do you guys think, Bob and Kate, of Mackenzie Dern? You know, she's a decorated uh, jujitsu practitioner. Um, what do you guys think of her? I, I think she's phenomenal. I think again, she's not one of the most exciting fighters to to watch unless you're you know really big into the jits and and being able to see a good camera angle and everything that she's doing down there. Um, but uh, she's you know not that everyone likes that striker that that blood that that knockout or you know what I mean. So I mean, but then again, it all comes down to like I've got uh, friends or whatever and especially girlfriends that uh, just loved uh, GSP and GSP was a grinder. You know what I mean? But again, yeah, you know, it really was. Yeah. I mean, you know, he always got abs and he's this, that, and the other, whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> Why does it always come yeah, down to funny. that? GSP really was a grinder. Actually, when you really think about it, he was a grinder. He was one of the smartest grinders there was. He was one of the first, and he was just smart. He'd play smart. He'd go out. He'd, he'd win the fight. He didn't go out and try to put on a, necessarily a show for the crowd or anything like that. He was a, a classic and a good guy, but he'd just get you down and grind you out. He'd go for the day. And you know what? I, it's funny because I never – it never crossed my mind that he was a grinder because, you know, he's, he's, he's also a dynamic athlete. But he was right. an oh, absolute no. grinder as a fighter, and I think that's why I always kind of, you know, and people said he was boring. No, he was just a grinder. That was his style. Because it's the yeah, clearest path it's to victory. It's, it's, it's the clearest path to victory. Yeah, yeah. Wow. This man. Hey, Kane, what do you think of uh, Ryan Brader's uh, Valentin Modesty fight? Who? I, I can't. I didn't hear a word you said. I didn't hear a word you said. Oh. That's because you're you're, you're trying to gloat over bit. to keep me in a. You guys, I just want to know that Caden, being a young, said that he is uh, takes pride in beating his grandfather in any um, uh, any um, game that comes up on the thing. Uh, just because my guy gets screwed, yeah. uh, 
the last second here. Is, you know, he's, he's sitting there with a big glue on his face. But uh, um, <laughs> Brian uh, Bader is going against Valentin Moldinduski. Then yes, and like these words. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know who those people are. <laughs> yeah, see, my bad. Trying to screw me out of money, that's all. Okay, thank you. How about you, Bob? I didn't hear that last part either. I, I was still oh, hung up on Caden and my grandpa. Ryan Bader versus uh, Valentin Moldowski. It's both uh, uh, for the middleweight kit title, um, Bellator 273. That should be a good fight. Yeah, I just, I unfortunately don't, you know, I, I push people to follow Bellator because I want to see other stuff pop up, but I just don't follow myself enough. Uh, I, I catch clips here and there, but, um, I mean, they're two great fighters, you know, so I didn't mm-hmm. know it was coming up. I apologize. Ryan Bader was, he was. The was, double yeah. champ for Bellator, right? Yeah, he was the light heavyweight and heavyweight champion. Yeah. And then uh, one of Theodore's guys, Vladimir Niskov, knocked him out in the second round, took the title. So then they had the light heavyweight Grand Prix, which is still going on. And in the light heavyweight Grand Prix, Ryan Bader ran into Corey Anderson, who knocked him out. Um, but Ryan Bader's still the heavyweight champion. Had to defend the title in two years. Last defended it against Chet Congo was dominating the fight. Uh, Chet Congo said he got close to the eye. The fight was called a no contest. So what happened was, in the meantime, they had a tournament for the interim title, and this Val- Valentin Modowski wins the tournament. Valentin Modowski is also one of Fedor's protégés. So, um, Valentin Modowski, I mean, Brian Bader's a horse, and I think... What was happened to him was once he started fighting back at light heavyweight, like he didn't have the speed advantage. He has a speed advantage at heavyweight. Um, with that said, he has to look good in recent form. I kind of favor Bobowski. Uh The interesting thing about that is Fedor has one fight left on his contract, and he said he would like to fight to rematch Ryan Bader for the heavyweight championship. However, obviously, if Bobowski goes ahead and beats Bader, then Fedor's obviously going to get a shot at the Bellator Heavyweight Championship in his last fight. He's not going to fight one of his uh, one of his boys. So uh, that's kind of the interesting story behind that. Outside of that, it's a good fight. Fedor, obviously, uh, with his wrestling and his strength and his power, has a chance to win. But at this point, his chin looks a little fragile. And Moldowski's a big puncher. So we'll see. Okay. Well, let me ask you, Ed. Connor Ben, uh, guy, uh, he he wants to fight, and he, he first he called out uh, Andre Broner, uh, Andre, Andre, yeah, uh, and then he's calling out uh, uh, Mikey Garcia, then he's calling out Danny Garcia. Of any of these, right. is, is, does he have a chance of, of getting any of those? No, none of those names that you mentioned are likely um, at this point. Adrian Broner, I don't even know if he. He's a part. I don't. I don't think he'll boxing anymore. He hasn't been active, um, and he's been having legal trouble. So there are things he, you know, needs to take care of in his life. 
Mikey Garcia is just coming off of a stunning upset loss to a, a guy no one has ever heard of. So obviously, at this point in his career, there's some things he needs to reassess. Danny Garcia has said he's moving up to 154, uh, which puts that fight out of reach uh, for Conor Ben at 147. So the likelihood of those three fights coming make no sense. For him to call those people out, that's exactly what he should be doing uh, at 25 years old, coming off a stoppage of Chris Algieri. He's ready for that next step up. Um, and his promoter, Eddie Hearns, views some of these people as the next step up. What will likely happen, though, is you'll probably fight a guy like uh, maybe Robert Chase Guerrero. That's the name that's been mentioned as well. Um, and, and what it is is, if you notice, all these names are names that we're familiar with. So what they're looking for is a beatable but marketable name. To, you know, that's a step-up fight but beatable, but a name that's marketable. Um, to get him some stateside fans and to build his profile as well. So that's exactly what you're supposed to be doing at a, you know, with a 25-year-old um, guy who's just getting into the bottom part of the top 10. Because he's not ready for any of the killers in the division. He doesn't have an amateur career. You know what I mean? And um, we've seen him. Like, I'm really impressed with Tyler Banks. I'm highly impressed with him because – I seen what he was and what he what he was. I didn't think he would become what he is today. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if he'll ever win a world title at welterweight. Welterweight historically a top heavy division, and you know, I don't know if he's a guy that breaks the top five. But I didn't. I remember a guy who get to the top ten when I first saw him. So this is the kid who's improved by leaps and bounds in a short time. He's learned the craft. So uh, he's, mm-hmm. you know, he's absolutely ready for a, a step-up fight. Chris Algieri was a step-up fight. So, you know, the names he's calling out mm-hmm. aren't going to happen, but it's logical that he calls them out. Okay. Hey, Kate, uh, Kate what, do you, what do you think about uh, Amanda Soriano and Katie Taylor fighting uh, in, uh, in April? He's still celebrating. Hey, you there? <laughs> the teenage mind was. You know, it's funny. I was actually, I, I don't know why. When I read that that fight was signed, and, and you know, for, for those who don't know, those are two premier female boxers. Um, Amanda Serrano, I mean, she has one thing a lot of women don't have, and that's a cool knockout look at him that he's only lost one. She's won, you know, she's like 33 and one to like freaking 20 some knockouts. You know, she's just pretty hard. Um, and, and, you know, I was thinking, yeah, I don't know who's going to be the favorite, but I think Katie Taylor is just a little bit more fluid in her technique. Um, a man so she hits hard, but she, she's a little straight up, and she tends to kind of not get her head off the center line a lot. And Katie Taylor is just a, you know, she's just a more fluid boxer um, when I look at their, their styles and techniques. Um, and, and so I think Katie Taylor kind of helps us, uh, you know, a lot to win the division. Um, but it, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's a women's super fight to some extent because Amanda Serrano has always been considered, you know, for the past several years, one of the pound for pound best in the women's rankings. And Katie Taylor, uh, you know, she she won gold in the Olympics. 
and um, and you know she's been a champion, so she has a you know a high profile, especially over there in the UK. So it's a big fight. I'm back. Yeah. I'm back. I had to uh, yeah, I had to go do something. My bad. Um, but yeah, yeah, Amanda, you say Amanda Serrano versus Katie Taylor? Yes. Sir. Yeah. Yeah, I I love Katie Taylor. Like you said, she she's a I think she she's just like one of those people. Uh, like I was just watching the Cincinnati game, like Joe Burrow. They're they're kind of just natural born winners. Like you see, you look at someone and they have that aspect about them that they just win. But Amanda Serrano's and another is another one of those type of people that just winners. Um, and I, I'm I'm very excited to see them clash in the ring. Um, but I me personally, I'm rooting for Katie Taylor. Uh, I, again, I saw her. I saw her in the Olympics, and I, I, I loved. I fell in love watching her fight. I loved her fighting style. I thought it was explosive and pretty much. I thought I, it was very fun to watch. One of the most um, yeah, she's just so fluid. Fun, you know, fighters she's I've so I've seen fluid. personally. She's so fluid. And I'm not to Katie Taylor. I'm not a little robotic today. You know, Katie's very fluid. And I, I, mm-hmm. I think he's going to out-hustle and tell him a man of Toronto most of the night. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask both of you. Uh, uh, George Gambosa and uh, Devin Haney um, are, have a fight coming up. But well, Eddie Hearn wants to move it to the mid Yeah, I know. They, yeah, want, to, they want to move it to the mid yeah. It's going to go to the fight with Gambosa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they moved there for a cat. Yeah, it's going to come down to it. He's sitting on the throne. He would come in as the underdog against both fights. Lomachenko, I mean, Lomachenko would obviously be a clear prohibitive favorite, and Darren, Devin Haney would go in as a marginal favorite. Um, Cambosis mm-hmm. has a chance uh, against both fighters, but he, he would be a, he would be an underdog for a reason. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, uh, excuse me. Uh, Tyson Fury is calling out now. Uh, Alex Yusick, Alexander Yusick, and, and uh, Anthony Joshua, the winner. Um, do does that make much sense? It doesn't make sense to me. I'm sorry, but uh, uh, I think yeah, he's just looking for uh, to try and tie another. Uh, um, Notch on itself. No, it makes perfect sense. It, 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 that, that's the fight that needs to happen next. In fact, a lot of people wanted uh, Joshua to step aside so Usyk should go fight Tyson Fury. Remember, if whoever fights Tyson Fury between those two fights for the undisputed heavyweight title, so that's the fight that everybody wants to happen next. And again, Tyson Fury had come out earlier and said. Joshua should take the step aside contract so Usyk and I could fight for the undisputed titles. But, you know, Joshua mm-hmm. has his rematch. So whoever wins that fight is going to want to fight furious for an undisputed heavyweight title. That absolutely is what should happen. Mm-hmm. That's what should happen in every freaking division. Mm-hmm. I want to see, I wanna see um, Anthony Joshua fight Tyson Fury so badly. It's like it's a battle of the Brits. Who's the best British boxer right now? Um, if they did fight, I do think uh, Tyson Fury would come out um, victorious. But I, I think that will be a classic. 
I think it would it would turn into a second fight, and that that's where it would get interesting. I would love I would again I would just love to see that because I'm a, I'm a I'm a massive um, Anthony Joshua fan. Masvidal. 
a guy that could kind of hold him down. And, you know, Kobe can do that. And, you know, you know, on top of it, too, uh, the other thing about Kobe is, you know, because of Kobe's whole heel persona, he sometimes doesn't credit as a fighter. Kobe is massively tough. He's, he's got a phenomenal gas tank in the for five rounds. And so unless, unless Jorge can drop something on him and really, you know, dig him up, which is possible, um, then kind of like Bob and uh, – and Kane were saying, you gotta, you gotta favor uh, Kobe Covington. Hey, Bud, uh, Mackenzie Dern versus uh, Erica Torres. That's who it was. We were just talking about that earlier. Who? What's her name? Right. We couldn't figure out her name. Torres. Yeah, Harris. Oh, Tisha Torres. Torres. That's right. It's Tisha Torres. That's right. Yeah. yeah. We were talking about her earlier. Okay, so we could, yeah. So she's she's getting her shot at somebody at the top fifteen against Mackenzie Dern. So that's who it was we were talking about earlier. Couldn't figure out her name, but yeah, excellent. That'll be a good fight. Um, but again, uh, Dern, we were talking about her as, as far as exciting and, and what to go. But um, yeah, so what do you think, guys? I favor Mackenzie Dern. And you know what? It's funny. You're right. A lot of people don't find the ground game exciting. But, like, with Mackenzie Dern, as soon as she gets somebody on the ground, I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, because her ground game is so advanced. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And the moment somebody gets up, it's like, "Uh uh-oh, Mackenzie can't keep her down. Now she's got a strike with her. Mackenzie's got good power, even though her striking is rudimentary. It's coming along. Got to favor her over Tisha Torres, but – that should be a that should be a fun fight. That should really be a fun yeah. fight. Great. Yeah. Um, I guess everybody who's right now knows that Max Holloway pulled out of the fight uh, two days before uh, because he got uh, was it COVID nineteen? Uh, oh, that's what it was. That's, that's what it pulled out. Yeah. Yeah. And then we got. Uh, that one. All right, here's, here's yeah, the Korean zombie stepping in to fight him. Right. To fight Volkanovski. Yeah. yeah. All right, now here's another one. I would have loved this. I would have uh, loved to see Henry Cejudo fight um, fight Volk. I, I was kind of hoping mean, Triple C got that fight too. I didn't. I knew Dana wouldn't give it to him, but I came. I'm with you. I was really kind of hoping Triple C got that fight. <laughs> But but how are you how are you gonna give GSP that that fight when he came back he gave him a title fight against Michael Bisping I don't know if you remember that and no, that well, was remember that. that was a a longer layoff that was a longer layoff he was retired for longer I think it was like one thousand five hundred days and he moved up one got a title fight immediately and he's not gonna he's not gonna give the same opportunity to Henry Cejudo are you kidding no that makes yeah. no sense that makes yeah. no sense at all and Henry Cejudo doesn't have the same draw. It, it all comes down to the money. It, 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 it really does. I don't know. It all comes down to the money. If you've got the draw, then, yeah, Dana will jockey you around and bring you back and make that money. But if you don't got the draw, you got to work your way up there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, no, that's what that's – it's funny. When I, when I read comments, that's what everybody was saying. It's just that, well, GSP was a bigger draw. And and then the off, the other thing too is 
is once GLP, GSP won the title, he kind of held it hostage. He won the title and sat around, didn't defend it, didn't retire. And so, I, you know, I, yeah, Henry Cejudo for Dana is just not worth the money like that. It's just that's the man, that's true. It really does come down to that for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, Let me ask sense. you, uh, is, there, is there hope? I mean, I've seen it uh, on the request on that. MMA, uh, all of the rags that uh, John Jones would love to fight uh, Nagano. But Nagano says he's not going to fight for 500000 bucks. No. Is that ever going to happen? No. no. I mean, okay, so one, Nagano's uh, contract up after the Sterling game fight, I think. And he's not, and, and the way he's been treated by the UFC, that guy, I feel bad for him. Uh, you know, he needs he needs uh, a good payday. He can go fight somewhere else. He can negotiate. And again, we were just talking about that, like bringing in the GSP and stuff. How do you you're going to drop John Jones? You know, with no proving himself at, at super heavyweight or heavyweight. Uh, you know, um, you know, and then put him at with the title shot. You know, and jockey that around. They're just using Lugano in that fashion. And I feel bad for the guy. Uh, so Jones, you know, I guess what he did. Did anybody figure out or, or hear how he did against that grappling tournament? I think he, he did back in December. He was going against somebody, but oh, anyway, I forgot all about that. Actually, yeah, yeah. But, I don't know, even he, think they ever fought. I don't even think. I'm pretty sure he got called off. Did he get called off? Yeah. So and 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 so like he hasn't fought forever, and he hasn't fought at at, at heavyweight. So like, you know, you don't just get dropped in as heavy. Uh, you know, uh, title shot um, against Nagano. Um, yeah, whatever. I don't know. Dana will do what he wants, depending on the money. Here's the thing, right? And this is kind of – here. so I, I, I love Francis Nagano, but I also really love Cyril God. He's just a good dude. He's just a very good, humble dude. And, you know, it's an interesting style matchup. A lot of people, Katie being one – you know, favor Cyril Gaon to win because of the style matchup. Well, here's the thing. This is Naganu's last fight on his contract. And Naganu has said, hey, if I'm going to resign, it has to be for more money, and they got to allow me to go box because I really want to box. Well, we already know that that's not going to happen. So here's the other thing to that. If he lo- it's the last fight on his contract if he loses. So if Dane goes out there and beats Naganu, well, Naganu's contract is over. But if Naganu defends his title and beats Dane, well, then the champion clause kicks in where he can't just leave. He has to have three more fights. You know they have the champion's clause. They don't let you just walk away with the belt. You don't- there's no, never a free agent with, with a UFC title because if they have a champion's clause that kicks in, that makes you stay and defend the title. So it's an interesting conundrum because Francis Ngannou said, if I lose, it doesn't hurt me. He said, I'm just, you know, it's part of life. So there's a part of me that's thinking, you know what? Caden already said he thinks Cyril Gahn's going to win, but now Francis Ngannou, if he loses – He's out of his contract quicker, a contract he absolutely wants to be out of. So it's a very interesting situation because if he wins, it complicates matters as far as his contract more. He's talking about if he wins, then, you know, he'll sit out. 
until he gets the contract that he wants. So it's interesting. It's it would be easier if he lost the title, honestly, for him to move on to what he wants to do. It's it's really crazy, and he's been treated like crap by them. I don't I don't know yeah. if y'all saw this or not, but Tyson Fury actually tweeted out a couple of days ago yeah. that he wanted to fight um, Francis Ngannou, boxing rules, yeah. UFC gloves. I don't know if yeah. you saw that or not. Um, but yeah, he came out. Yeah, because Francis Ngannou had been Ngannou. calling he him said, out. He said, he said, come here, this is the real money fight. And that is, if, if Ngannou wants that yeah. money fight, he's going he's gonna to fight um, Fury. With that, um, oh yeah, those, those special rules. That, that's a massive. Francis McGonagall has had been calling, not calling Fury out, but been saying he wanted to box Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua, and Deontay oh, yeah. Wilder. He thought he could do well against those guys. And you know, you mentioned Fury's name enough times. Fury's going to say something. And Fury was like, you know, I'll box you head off with UFC boxing gloves on. And Fury tweeted that out. But then what happened was. The top-ranked boxing team who's promoting Fury, Bruce Trampler, the guy said, hey, we think this fight would actually do real well. Hit The, the top-ranked promoter said, we would love to make this fight. Well, there's only one thing stopping that fight from being made. Caden just told you. You know what if I mean? You, if you as look long at, as he's the UFC champion, Dana White will probably not allow that fight to happen. And as long as, as, as he's the champion... Basically, if they're not going to allow Francis Ngannou these opportunities, he's not going to fight it. So, wow. Yeah. If you look at those fights um, and you compare them to the Deontay Wilder fights, I actually found some like some similarities in this. You look at Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder is a guy that can end the fight with one. So can Francis Ngannou. Yeah. Francis Ngannou is a power puncher. He can end a fight with one punch. So can Deontay Wilder. It is, is this going to be – if, if it does go down, they do fight, is, can this become another Francis Ngannou? Uh, I mean, another uh, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder? I don't know, but I do hope so. No, it doesn't because he destroys Francis Ngannou. He beats him to death. Um, I don't know. You never know. You never know. You never know. I do know. There's a, we're, we're starting – it, 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 it's the same as Jake Paul having to prove that boxing and MMA are two different sports. But if Tyson Fury needs to prove it, then he'll prove it too. Two different sports. Francis Ngannou does not have the cardio to last with Tyson Fury as lost Deontay Wilder did. You, you don't even you don't even think he's going to be zero guys. How do Tyson Fury? That's true. That's true. That is very true. Well, guys, we're just about up against our uh, our time here. In fact, I extended this 25 minutes to uh, get all we had here tonight. And I appreciate uh, you giving us all the time here and all your expertise. And uh, uh, we have a have one more bottle uh, to do here for commercial, and then we're going to close out. I just want to thank our our sponsor, uh, BioSolar. If you need to, if you want to cut your your bill. Electric bills in half. Uh, each of the guys will give you a great deal. And if you heard tonight, you can get about $10,000 reading from the government. So it sounds like an easy thing to do for everybody. It's a place to take some money and save some money. 
Bob, thanks a lot for everything. I know you got the long hours that you're working and uh, catching up with that cold weather out there. But uh, I appreciate everything you do. Ty? Yeah, I appreciate you guys every week. Caden, great job, as always. Uh, Thank you. uh, I think everybody everybody else did an amazing job. Why don't you lead us out, Caden? Oh, I, I thank you, thank you all for coming on the show today. Another amazing show. Uh, again, I think everybody did an amazing job. Another amazing show. This is one of my favorites. Um, and again, I love, love being on the show. I'll come back here every other week. I mean, I mean every week. Um, and thank you, um, thank you for all the listeners uh, for making last last week's show the most viewed show. And yes, yeah, that's, that's all I gotta say. All righty. Ty? Always a pleasure being on with you, gentlemen. I love talking to you guys because you guys know your stuff. I missed my uh, partner in crime, my brother Zito, this week. Uh, But it was great having everybody here. Um, Thank you to our sponsor, BioSolo. Everybody check them out. Um, Bob is our co-pilot. Coach Bell's watching over us. Dr. Chris keeps us laughing. Everyone have a safe and wonderful week. Bob? My pleasure as always, guys, hanging out with you. Thanks for always bailing me out and keeping me entertained. I love talking with you guys, Frank, putting it all together. And Caden, great job. And, and Ty, Miss Zito, too, having his knowledge on there. Tony, in the beginning, um, you guys have a great, all of our listeners, we couldn't do it without you. God bless. Have a good one. Be safe. Yeah, we want to especially uh, say uh, a thank you to uh, Zito. He had called just before uh, – we went on. He was uh, stuck at work. Uh, I know how he loves these programs, and uh, he uh, he learned it at the foot of the master. Uh, uh, coach Mel was, uh, was a tremendous father, a tremendous coach, a tremendous person. Um, you know, so I want to say uh, this: uh, we just passed the anniversary of uh, Dr. Chris Panarello passing away. Chris was a big part of this program for five years. Um, his voice still rings in my head, and uh, of course, we're always looking for uh, his favorite uh, meal, pro, because um, he loved to either banner the guy that got it, or he would uh, talk and even talk about it if he had to eat it. But uh, terrific guy, and, and our, our guy that started all this with me. Uh, now, uh, 18 years later, uh, on uh, next next uh, Saturday, we have our 18th anniversary. Uh, Bob, uh, Bob was a tremendous man, a tremendous father, an awesome cop, uh, one of the finest uh, uh, accreditation managers in the uh, in the state of Florida and, and across the country. He was always called uh, by people to uh, come help them out, and he did. Uh, so uh, those three guys we have to always say thank you to, and thank you everybody uh, for being on here. And ladies and gentlemen, these programs brought to you each and every day of the week in grateful appreciation. For men and women in the United States Armed Forces, the men and women police and fire services, those wonderful people in the first line of defense against COVID, the, the first responders, the doctors, the nurses, and especially please, if you see the people that were cleaning up after, after all this at the hospital, please give them a, a handshake, a thank you, because they're the ones that keep us clean. They're the ones that are really uh, on the first line because they come in close contact with all this stuff. And, of course, there's people at the, at the supermarkets and keeping themselves clean. 
Uh, these programs are dedicated to those who lost their lives in the line of duty. Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll, Chairman David Curtis, Chairman Jeffrey Yasmin, Detective Randy Bell, Detective Ricky Childer, San Diego Officer Mike Henry, Sergeant Thomas Bainger, <coughs> Sergeant Thomas Wilson, Charles County Sheriff's Department, Patrolman Charlie Connick, Harper Springs Police Department, Deputy Chief Mike Godwin, Philadelphia Fire Department, Lieutenant Joyce Craig Lewis, Philadelphia Fire Department, Sergeant James O'Connor, Philadelphia Police Department, Sergeant uh, Charlie LeBake, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department, Patrolman Crispin, Lakeland PD, Lieutenant Joe Zerber, Newcastle County Police, Patrolman Josh Meyer, uh, Nassau County Sheriff's Department, Captain Matt Letourneau, Philadelphia Fire Department, Captain Chris Leach, Wilmington Fire Department, Lieutenant Artis Hope, Wilmington Fire Department, Lieutenant Jerry Fikes, Wilmington Fire Department, Trooper Chelsea Richards, Florida Highway Patrol, Trooper Joe Bill, Florida Highway Patrol, Chief Al Hogle, Longwood Key Police Department, Chief Jimmy Ford, Wilmington Fire Department. My brothers and sisters, although you may be 10 to 7 at this point in time, and sometime will be 10 10 at the table of order. Till that time, may the roads rise up to meet you. May the winds be always at your back. May the rains fall softly on your fields. The sunshine lightly in your face. Until we meet again, may the good Lord keep you and your families always in the palm of his hands. Good night. God bless you. Have a great week. <laughs>
County Dispatch to 1999. County Dispatch to 1999. All units be advised, 1999's responded to his last emergency. May God rest his soul. Thank you.